Welcome to Tendering Minimum Afterthoughts. I'm Chris Burnett, the host of the show Tendering Minimum. Um, this is uh, kind of a new thing that we're trying out. So we're trying to give our fans something kind of like a back, you know, behind the scenes view of what it takes to do some of these bigger episodes that we've done in the history of our show. So probably about once a month, maybe maybe twice, I'll sit down and do a you know a short podcast kind of talking about an individual episode that we did that I feel there's kind of more story than was actually told in the podcast. Uh, these will go up on our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash 10 drink minimum. Um, that's with the one zero. Um, and then just kind of give you like a little bit insight of what, you know, the before, the after, maybe the during of one of our bigger episodes, like kind of, you know, the, the story, kind of the story behind the story. So the first one I'm going to do is a show we did uh, with John Fugelsang, where we interviewed him uh, at the Trick Lock Theater. So it, it all started, it was, uh, I think the day, it was like New Year's Eve. We were preparing for um, our an in, our first, I think it was like our first big New Year's Eve party out live. We were doing it at... Um, a guy named Dan Mayfield's house. He's kind of a man about town journalist. He kind of throws one of the the more hip, more uh, exclusive uh, New Year's Eve parties, and we did a live show there. Well, earlier that day, as I'm preparing, uh, a woman by the name of Myra Jones, she runs a, a venue here called the Tanix, which is kind of a DIY uh, venue. It's a small, probably used to be a garage. But, you know, it's kind of a neat little place. You can go look at art and watch, you know, indie bands. She messages me and she's like, hey, would you like to interview John Fugelsang? He'll be in town for our um, uh, fundraiser for our Revolutions, you know, uh, theater. They they do a big thing called Revolutions, which is they bring all these different um, uh, theater troops from around the world to Albuquerque and they, they all do a play. You know, they could be from Africa or Czechoslovakia or, you know, you, you get the picture. So they're bringing this guy, John Fugelsang, in. He's going to do a huge, you know, stand-up show. And the proceeds are going to go to um, the revolutions there. So I'm like, well, you know, we, we've, we've had, uh, you know, we, we've dealt with Trick Lock guys before in the past. Really, really enjoyed it. Had them on the show. Promoted their plays. A lot of fun. So when she says John Fugelsang, I'm like... I really don't know who that is, but it sounds like it's somebody. You know, I try to, I don't immediately, whenever I don't know someone's name, I don't go, uh, I don't know who that is. I'll, I'll, if they, if the person seems impassioned about who it is, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll tell them, you know, hey, let me talk to the rest of the group and I'll get back with you. You know, that way it kind of gives me a little bit of time to, you know, do a little research. So I, I get to a computer and, uh, I type in his name and I come to realize I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. I've seen this guy before. I, I've seen him. I don't know where. So I start looking it up, and I'm like, "Oh, I used to watch this guy in VH1. He used to interview musicians." So I start digging a little deeper, and you know, I, I realize he's like an actor. He he does comedy, um, and you know, he's interviewed, you know, some of the most famous icons in music history. I mean, he, he's interviewed Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Brian Wilson, um, Robbie Robertson, Beyonce, uh, Garth Brooks, you know, John Fogarty, just, you know, on and on and on. 
And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, hell yeah, I want to interview this guy. And, and, and he's also like a left-wing uh, comedian, which, you know, we don't really do a lot of politics on the show, but, you know, that was that was part of it. For me, I saw the musical aspect, and I was like, ooh, I'd really like to talk to this guy. And so I tell him, yeah, let's do it. And they're they're trying to figure out, like, where we're going to have this show. And, you know, Mara, she's like, let's do it at Bow and Arrow Brewing. And immediately I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that. And I, and I wasn't trying to be difficult. It's just that we've done live shows, a lot of live shows. out. If no, anyone knows how to do a live podcast out in the public in Albuquerque, it's us. And the the thing that I find is when you go and do a live show at a brewery, there tends to be, especially if one that's a little bit more popular, and you're, you're talking a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, it, it's going to be filled with people who are there because they really enjoy the beer, they really enjoy the atmosphere, and the last thing they want is four chuckleheads up on a stage talking into a microphone while they're trying to talk to their friends. So then you get this whole demographic or you know this whole thing where... They're trying to talk louder so that their friend can hear them. Then all of a sudden, you're trying to talk louder because they're being loud. And it just escalates. And then, I mean, I've heard, uh, not to us, but other podcasts have had issues where they've just completely had to scrap the whole thing. So I'm thinking, like, that would be really a terrible, terrible place to do it. And she's like, well, where where would you suggest? And I'm like, well, and she, you know, they keep suggesting, like, breweries and stuff. And I keep trying to, you know, push them away from that. Finally, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You guys are Trick Lock Theater. Let, let's do it at, at your theater. And they're like, oh, of course. Why do we think of that? You know, yeah, absolutely. So that way you have more of what what is, I don't know if you'd call it a captive audience, but like an audience that is there to see you. So they're not going to be loud. They're not going to try to talk over you. You know, you're not invading their space, and then they're not ruining your product. So... We get that all set, and up until the day before, I thought we were the only people that were interviewing him. And then all of a sudden, I see someone else post. Well, no, actually, this was sorry about. It was probably about two, three days before. I see another show post like that. You know, he's going to be on there, and I'm like, oh crap! I better you know get on it, and I better um, start advertising for our show. So I create. Uh, I get on Facebook and I create all the you know the media, and then the day of I start to really realize that he's not just on our show. He's doing like a media tour. He's on KOB. He's on KUNM. Um, he's on a couple. Uh, he's up other podcasts. And that we are now the end of his day. We're the last stop for his media. You know whatever. And I'm like okay, well. You know, and so I watch a couple of the things that he's done all day, and there's a lot of, you know, Wikipedia style questions where people go through the Wikipedia and they um, just basically ask, you know, talk about his, his mom and dad, who were, you know, one his 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 father was a Franciscan brother, his mother was a nun. You know, they talk about George Harrison because he was the last person to interview George Harrison. So I'm like, okay. So I'm scrapping all of that stuff. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do any of that stuff. So I really start digging into this guy's background, and I start looking at other things, and I, I finally realize, you know what? 
I'm going to ask him about the stuff I'm interested in. You know, I don't I don't really care about the the bullet points that everybody seems to want to know. I want to know what I'm interested in. So I see that, you know, man, this guy interviewed Brian Wilson. This guy interviewed Robbie Robertson. You know, Robbie Robertson from the band, you know. Um Brian Wilson who is the Beach Boys. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he wasn't really a touring musician, but he he made those albums. And I'm just like, man, you know, what would it be like to interview Brian Wilson? So I get off work at four o'clock. I pick up James and we drive to my house. We pick up all the gear. Holly is meeting us uh, right before and Billy couldn't make it because he had to work. So we're setting up and I had James like James doesn't really usually do um, research. So I had James do some research. I was like, make sure you research this guy. That way you know, you know, you can get into the conversation. And so James does. And Holly is just like foaming out of the mouth because she's a comedian and she wants to talk to him. And she's like, man, I want to talk to him about comedy, which is excellent. So I can come at him with music. She can come at him with comedy. And then James can just kind of fill in. So we, we get there. We set up. We're working with uh, David who's a member of Trick Lock, and I've worked with him before. Love the guy. Amazing dude. And we get everything dialed in, and I had to ask a coworker to come in. I'd never, I'm, I'm really, um, I don't know, I, I'm really controlling when it comes to actually doing everything, sound, audio, video. And I realized, like, man, I'm just really not going to be able to do this and do the interview. So I bring in one of my coworkers. I actually had asked a couple people, and people kept, you know, turned me down because they couldn't make it. And so finally I, I I hit up a coworker who's never done any of this before. But I can already tell has the skill. Like I can I can tell him if I can sit set everything up and just say, here, push this button at this point, push this button at this point. I'm pretty sure he can do it. And if any of the any, any of this stuff looks if someone's talking louder than the other people, just just adjust it down. Or if someone's talking lower than people, just adjust it up. Just basically that. So we get there, we're ready. And we're connecting to the internet, which is always the biggest problem when you're live. And it connected well when we, for the test. Then I, I try it one more time before the show. And everyone who's come in that already had their phone on Wi-Fi and it was already had, they had connected before, which there's a lot of the theater people there because this is for their their um, their fundraiser. So they all come in. And all of a sudden, the signal just starts bleeding down. And, you know, you usually need about a minimum of five megs for a live stream. We're down to like 1.1. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, I'm not panicking. I'm I'm kind of like debating. Should I try to live stream or should I just film it and then upload it after? And I'm just 50-50. Well, the good thing about Comcast is... I mean, that's a phrase you never really hear. The good thing about Comcast is they, they when you pay for um, internet, they give you your connection, and then each modem has a secondary connection for all Comcast users. So if someone is in my neighborhood, when they pull up Wi-Fi, there's going to be a thing that says Xfinity on their Wi-Fi. And if they've signed up through the app, boom, they'll automatically connect to that connection on my modem. It doesn't affect my connection. It's a secondary one that's just shot out to all Comcast users. 
So I see one which is probably theirs in this theater. And usually not a lot of people know about it. So I connect to that one, and I'm probably the only one connected to it. And boom, it shoots right back up to right near five. And I'm like, okay, I think we can do this. So John comes over. We start talking to John. I'm kind of nervous. I'm thinking like, you know, this guy's been going all day. He's probably exhausted. He probably has no desire. This is probably like, you know, he's tired. He doesn't want to do this. Blah. Nope. He comes right over. We all start talking. I'm asking him like what kind of stuff he wants us to talk about just in case there's stuff he wants to hit. And he's like, no, let's talk about whatever you want, man. He's like, y- you guys are the professionals. You know, you hit me with what you got and we'll do it. And we sat and talked to him and I told him, you know, how like I'd watched him on VH1 and all this. And we bantered back and forth. He, we probably bantered back and forth for like 10 minutes. And he couldn't have been more more nice, more awesome. So then finally I'm like, well, you know, for me it's like show's supposed to start at 7. And it's like 7, like 15. And I'm like, okay, what time do you guys want to start here? And they're like, oh, let's just start at 7.30. I'm like, okay. So it's about by 7, we go and talk. There's more, we drink some more beer. And what I don't realize is happening in this time is, is poor James. The more time they give him, the more time he gets nervous. So he starts just really getting nervous. So the show, it's about time to, time for the show to start. We get up there. Uh, the music hits. They We start the recording. I sit down and I, you know, put, pick up my phone if you're watching the video and what I'm doing is, is I'm not just being a you know shithead, you know, looking at my phone. I'm actually looking at the live feed, and I test it to see if there's sound coming through. That way, you know, people aren't messaging me. There's, there's no sound. Can't hear it. Can't hear it. No sound. Which my mom does anyway, because I don't. I have no idea why. Because <laughs> I can hear it, and my mom's sitting there messaging me. We can't hear you. Can't hear you. Which I'm sitting over away from the thing. Stop messaging me. I can't fix it if it's broken. You know. And that's that stuff just makes me super neurotic when it happens too, especially when we're in that situation. Can't hear you. No sound. And I'm sitting there with my phone up to my ear, and I can hear the sound. And I know that that's going through the you know through a server somewhere, coming back through, and it's hitting my phone. So I know it's fine. She probably just had her speakers turned off. But no matter how many times I tell her not to do that, she does it anyway. So we do the interview. And I think he's like really expecting, you know, so uh, tell us about the the time you had to interview George Harrison. And I glanced through it. I go, no, I know everyone asks you about George Harrison, blah, blah, blah. I'd like to know about Brian Wilson. And if you watch the interview, he, like, he kind of takes a second. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, and he, he has to like think about it. And he tells this wonderful story. And, you know, we just keep rolling. And the whole time, if you notice, Smiley, like, maybe interacts once or twice. Because he's completely frozen up at this point. And Holly's, you know, Holly and I kind of carry the weight, which is fine. That's kind of what, what what the show's designed for. We have that many members so that we can kind of carry the weight for two hours if we need to. A lot of times we talk so much we don't really have to. But, you know, if someone needs to carry the weight, boom, boom, boom. So we do the show get done we we do about an hour and because i'm you know because they told me i asked them before the show how long would you like to do and they were like 
uh, about an hour. Uh, I was like, you don't want us to do two hours, do you? And they're like, no, 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 no. I was like, well, let's do an hour and let's see. So we do an hour and I'm starting to feel like I'm feeling like I'm running out of gas is what, it, you know, the way I explain it whenever I'm, I don't really have a lot of places to go in my interviewing other than to just kind of do crazy shit. And I didn't want to do that. So we end the show and there's kind of like an after thing. I didn't know this, but I guess his assistant comes up to somebody and they're like, you know, since I've been with him, that's the best interview I've ever seen him do. And I, I didn't hear this till later. Um, so, uh, I guess they also said he was really into it and he could have went another hour, which I was like, Oh damn it. I wish I'd have known that. So we, you know, we hang out for a while and, you know, we, you know, we talked to him a couple times and I tell him I'm going to go to the show the next day and he's pretty excited. And, um, we get, uh, so we, we, we get some drinks, we get all our equipment set up and I'm like, let's go get a drink somewhere. So I'm, I want to take my whole crew out. I want to buy the, everybody who helped out. I want to go buy them a beer. So we go to a place called Bar Uno, which is a small local bar, which kind of is, you know, too many people <laughs> open their mouth. Now it's too busy. We we look in there. It's packed. We can't sit down. So we walk and Holly's got, Holly has on these high heel shoes with like spikes on the front of them and she can barely walk. So we're going to walk from Bar Uno uh, to uh, Anodyne, which is uh, about, I'd say... About half half a mile to three quarters of a mile. I don't know. I'm terrible at distance. We walk over there. Anodyne has a line out the door. Sister bar down below has full no tables. And we're like, crap. So finally we're like, well, where can we go? And someone's like, Bozy Brothers? And I was like, absolutely. So we, we walk over to Bozy Brothers, which is another probably about eh, three or four blocks. And eh, I'd say two, two, two and a half blocks. Walk over there plenty of tables we sit down and man the whole high and adrenaline of this great interview dies and i am exhausted i buy everyone a beer we we clank you know i get some some chips and salsa and you know i think we had two beers this is a friday night it's midnight and i i'm sitting at the table in the in the bar and my eyes are just getting heavy and finally, like every, and I noticed that everyone else is the same. James keeps talking about how he, he locked up and he, you know, froze up. He couldn't believe it. He got too nervous. So finally people start leaving. I say goodbye. I go home. I, I crash. Wake up the next day. I buy a ticket for John's show. Cause I'm like, well, you know, this guy did my show. I'm going to go on his, you know, our, and by this point, our live feed is like, you know, 1400 views already. It's you know doing really well. I go to the show and, you know, my friend Rusty opened up. He did really well. Uh, oh, what was the girl's name that that was the mid? I can't think of it. She was really good as well. Um, Angora, that's her name. She was really well, really good. And then John, he did like an hour and a half of stand-up. And I don't know how this guy is not more famous. His stand-up is amazing. I mean, it's very left-wing, but very amazing. So we get done with... Uh, the stand-up and the trick clock people have a gala after the after the stand-up back at their uh theater where we had done the show the night before so i walk over there and there's people filing in and it's interesting because the night we did our show there was a lot of trick clock people that i didn't know and they kind of were like looking at me like the whole time like who who is this person 
Well, after we did our show, and then after that, then, then now we're smash cut to the gala the next night. They're coming up to me, and they're like, hey, just wanted to introduce myself. You know, good, great show last night. And really awesome. So then as the night goes on, a guy from KUNM comes up. Hey, I haven't heard your show yet, but I heard it was really good last night. And then at one point, John and his assistant, and all the, they all show up. His assistant seeks me out, and she's like, I just want to let you know. That was the best interview I've ever seen him do. And your questions especially were amazing. And I was just like, whoa, whoa all right, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. So then, you know, we, you know, we go, I'm kind of like on a little bit of a high and, you know, we hang out a little longer. And John, you know, he, he's, he's a machine. Like people just are coming up to him and talking to him. And he's just signing autographs. He's taking photos. You know, and, and I swear he did it for like 45 minutes to an hour. Finally, as the night wanes on, it's almost done. He comes up to me and he's like, "I just went." He's like, "That was a really great interview last night. I really, really had a great time." I'm like, "Oh, thanks." And so we started talking to him, and he's a huge Dylan fan. So we start talking about Bob Dylan and how he's seen Bob Dylan like 59 times. I've only seen him three. That's how much bigger a fan he is than I am. And we start talking about how Bob is like, he kind of phones it in, and I've never, I've never seen him not phone it in. And the last tour, I actually bought a ticket, but I gave it to Holly. Because I was tired and I just didn't want to go see Bob Dylan phone it in. And he's like, oh, man, you missed, like, the most amazing uh, piano performance and uh, da-da-da-da-da. So about 10 minutes in, we talked for about 10 minutes. Finally, then he goes, you know what? I'm going to be back here next year. I want to come on your show and I want to talk about music, just music. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. And then he takes off and he leaves. And, yeah, that was kind of the... That's the whole story. I mean, it was just kind of this, this great weekend. And, uh, you know, things like that, you, you don't really plan for months at a time. You just kind of have like a week to prepare or two weeks to prepare. And it just happens. And it was really amazing and really fun. And it, watch the interview. Watch the, It's on our Facebook.com forward slash uh, Tendrink. Um, you know, you can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify and you can listen to the audio. And it's a real fantastic interview. I, I'm really proud of it. And uh, I had a really good time doing it. And I hope I can, you know, live up to that when, when in future interviews. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the behind-the-scenes story. Um, definitely, you know, go on our Patreon. I think I'm going to charge like a dollar for these. And if you, you pay a dollar, then I'll you'll have access to these once a month. And I, I'm going to do some like behind-the-scenes stories like this. Maybe also some stories that have never been told. Or some stories that maybe need to be told again. Um, there's maybe addendums to them. Who knows? But I'm definitely going to add some stuff. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, you guys have a great day.